name is Matthew Kroll. And if this was a beauty pageant, we just lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that like Sean Connery. Christian Bales is Welsh? Who are you? I I am Shahir Dowd. Thank you, and this is the only podcast about I'm confused. Movies. Am I Shahir Dowd or am I... Ken Miles. I don't listen. That's only only you can By osmosis have I become. And this is the only podcast about the film Ford v Ferrari. It's like Batman v Superman all over again. It is. Uh, release the 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 Miles cut. I don't Miles know. Cut, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 um, the mangled cut? Yeah, yeah release the I, mangled cut. Release the mangled cut. Yeah, well. <laughs> like where it's all out of order. Whoa, let's um, make this memento. Let's be real honest here. Oh, okay. Let's Let's take a step back okay. here. You know, like uh, sit down here, take off our slippers. Um, <laughs> our be, slippers. Yeah, slippers, and be real honest here. Sure, 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 sure. Neither of us are excited to do this movie, were we? <laughs> no! No, no, <laughs> and, because. And we and, are, we're doing this because. It was nominated for Best Picture. And that solidifies one thing for me. Okay. We are oh. trend-chasing <laughs> shills that have no integrity whatsoever. And normally, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but, oh, wait, wait, wait. I feel like there's a but here coming. Well, this, normally, year, this year's Oscars yeah. have upset me. Wow. I mean, I know I'd even talked about it a little bit last year, but every year, I mean, this seems to be the the, the, the trajectory of the planet in general, but uh, it just seems like it keeps getting worse and worse. Get ready for a fun conversation, everybody. Do you feel like the, you know, with Brexit, with the Senate vote, with uh, the way the world is going right now, do you feel like the bad guys are winning? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and look, I don't mean to say that um, the bad guys are winning necessarily in cinema, but 11 <laughs> nominations for Joker. So let's really be... This is, that is really your sticking point, isn't it? It's insane. Right. It's insane. And it... But you know what? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Rewind. Okay. It's not insane. It's so... <laughs> it's, it's madness. No, no, no. It's so... It's twisted. Logically pandering to a... Fucking like fictitious narrative. It's 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 just it's crazy. Okay, wait. Uh, let's let's just read it out for the for for Joker. These are the nominee uh, nominations yes. received. Best actor, sure. Best director, no. Best original score, yeah, I'd buy that. Okay. Best adapted screenplay, no. Best cinematography, no. Best sound mixing, no. Best costume design, uh... best makeup and hairstyling, no. Really? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> best film editing. No. Best sound editing. No. Best picture. That's no. the 11. I'll even take it. Like, I know there was talked about a lot. So, yeah. yeah, throw it in the mix. But, like, and you know, okay, with all that said, with all that said, with all of that fucking haterade I just spilt all over the goddamn floor. Yeah. I still think it probably has more of a of a of a reason to be in best picture category than Ford v Ferrari. Whoa! And and, and that's not to say Whoa. that that's not to say that Joker is a good film or that Ford v Ferrari is a bad film. Right. Uh, it, it's just by a very slim margin. Uh, and 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 I'll get into why I sort of think that. Yeah. Um, but let's, I mean, I, I think uh, the the conversation that we're about to have is, is going to be very sloppy. Is what's going to be unpacking less oh. about Ford v Ferrari and unpacking more about. 
where does this, what does this film mean and what do the Oscars relatively mean? And what do the Oscars mean in terms of what it can do for this particular film? Now, I okay. like James Mangold I do a too. lot. I, do I really, really like him as a filmmaker. Obviously, we, we both loved Logan. I really like Walk the Line. I like Girl Interrupted. I like Copland. I like a lot of his movies. 310 to Yuma, I think, is excellent. 310 to Yuma is one of the only two westerns I've ever liked. Really? Yeah. Okay. The other one is the original High Noon. Okay, the original. The high fucking noon. original. Not high the original noon. 310 to Yuma. No, you know, not really. <laughs> okay. I look. I, my, we and Messenger are weird. We don't have time to unpack that. We have okay, enough to uh, do. But, but regardless, ordinary. I should be excited to see this film. Uh, the, there is, you know, the the joke going around about Ford v Ferrari is that it is the dad movie of the it's year. It's a quintessential and, dad. Film. And what does that mean? What is what is what what, what do, now? I'll tell you what. Um, I'll tell you a direct reference why why that rang true for me as I was watching it. Okay. A, I watched it with my father in law. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, and I think he loved it. Um, B, Lee Iacocca is in this movie. So can we talk about Lee Iacocca for a second? Okay. And I purposely didn't, this is a hilarious, I purposely mm. didn't do the research because I wanted to ask you. Okay. <laughs> okay? Who the fuck is Lee Iacocca? Because I have that name in my head before it started in that movie. And when uh, Henry Bergenthal, Ber John, John, John Bergenthal, Bergenthal, I don't know why I called him Henry, yeah. um, says his name is Lee Iacocca. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Lee Iacocca. And then I'm like, wait, who the fuck is Lee Iacocca? Right. So Lee Iacocca was the former head of Ford. He eventually took over Ford and then eventually became the CEO of Chrysler. That's the only reason he, he's famous? Uh, he's known for like uh, pioneering several major movements in the uh, in in an American motoring. I, for whatever reason, considered him a musician or an actor or something. I mean, with a name like Lee Iacocca. Well, the reason again, this brings this conjures up the dad thing for yeah. me. Is that um, and I don't know if this was the the case in your house. Okay, but. The 80s were a boon period for uh, autobiographies from famous business people. It might have been the, the the Wall Street kind of factor. Okay. But, like, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if we had Donald Trump's uh, biography in our house, but certainly he was a name mentioned, you know, because he conjured up that spirit of entrepreneurialism, the, the sort of the big businessman. Uh, and Lee Iacocca was the other one. Okay. Uh, and okay. we had, and I know, I, I very distinctly, I, and I think as a child, I just liked saying his name. It's a good name. It's, you know, like Lee Iacocca. It's the best name. Um, but but we had the biography in our house, and my dad talked to me about it. He told he would tell me he would regale me stories of the once famous Lee Iacocca. Um, you know, I'm I'm kid you not. I would I would sit and he would tell me about Lee because my dad was a businessman. Yeah, and so for him, Lee Iacocca was uh, was was an idol to look upon. My dad was a roofer. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> he looked down from the he looked down at the people from the roofs above. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe uh, literally, but most certainly not figuratively. Right. My dad, my dad had you know like uh, certainly had major aspirations to be you know like he he ran his own company yeah. so he believed in big business you know he believes in those ideas of like uh, of entrepreneurialism he mm -hmm. believed in the idea of like ascending um, he believed in baller names like Lee Iacocca like Shahir that's true did I well this is a sidetrack what did I ever tell you what my name was gonna be oh, what if you were if you were born no what? my my, uh, my mother told me this she was like. You, because because uh, everyone in my family has Indian names, okay, and and like fairly rare Indian names, you know, like not common Indian names. Yeah, my dad wanted to call me Sean. Wait, this hold on. <laughs> this is all coming back together because the way you intro this fucking podcast, well, I you didn't know you, my name. You no, but you put on you put on a Sean, Sean Connery, Connery accent. accent. Ah! <laughs> it wasn't because of Sean 
Connery. Half Life Three confirmed. Um, <laughs> is, it, is he in Tron? Is he in Half Life Three? No, it's just that would be amazing though. <laughs> if the next uh, what was the uh, Glados? If the next Glados <laughs> that's Portal, that's or Portal. But Glad, isn't Glados part of the Half Life universe? No. Well, okay. If, wow, we're going all over the fucking <laughs> yeah. place. Yes, only due to Easter eggs, and it's kind of before connected universes were a thing. It's just like, oh, haha! Look at this reference. Like this means this is here. Yeah, yeah. Like it's that level. I would love it if it was Bondos or something like that, and it was like, hello. <laughs> I, I, I don't the even remember. The cake isn't real. <laughs> the cake <laughs> can't even get the line right. <laughs> the cake is a lie. We are so off topic. Okay. All right. All right. Your all right, dad right. liked Lee Iacocca, so therefore Lee Iacocca resonates with you. Therefore, when the when Punisher I, we, we, showed we, up, we 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 abandoned the. I was going to be called Sean. I was going to be called Sean because of the kid from Jaws. The little kid oh, in Jaws was nice. was was Sean, and and my dad liked that name. Uh, it would have been weird because it, like it would have been like ethnic name, ethnic name, ethnic name, ethnic name, and Sean. <laughs> it would have been the like it would have been the strangest thing. If you want to try it out next time, uh, it's yeah. say your this name is, is Sean Dowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I can't be a Sean Dowd. Anyway, I mean, you can. You anyway, can. anyway. Um, uh, so Lee Coca, when Lee Coca was on screen, I was like, hey. I know yeah. that guy, yeah, 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 yeah. and I know that guy through, because of my dad, and and I was excited by that because I was like, this is a connect. I get it now. I get it why this is a dad movie. It's because it features figures from from that period of time who dads resonated with, and that's cool. Look at us, a bunch I, of dads I, and hanging cars. out, and cars, and because Matt Damon. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. <laughs> I um, one of the reasons that this movie, and again, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, neat, and that was it. Right. Um. I'm not a car per are you a car person? No, I don't really think so. All, yeah, yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with I think I think cars are incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 discussion or the or the the what's the word I mean the hype I guess around cars like is is fascinating to me the same way like the hype around sneakers is or the hype around even video games but or cars something. Cars is so much more diverse in terms of like what spectrum of car are you into? Like like well, if you're I mean, into sneakers, Formula I think sneakers and cars are a good allegory. Well if you're into Formula One, that's not the same as being into like Cars at home. That's not the same as being into Daytona, right? Like that's an entirely they're two different cultures. Sure. Like completely. Like I think I think that the people who like Daytona versus the people who like Formula One are two different kinds of people. Right. But they both like cars. They both like cars. Like I, I feel like cars is the medium, right? Okay. Like I, there's very specific genres within that medium. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Regardless, it it was never something that grabbed me. No. Um, <laughs> Regardless, I'm not into the medium. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. And, and and you know the the. It's funny because people say this is a dad movie, kind of, not in a derogatory sense, but most certainly not in a positive sense. Like, yeah. kind of in this weird sort of like, ah, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. I guess it is slightly derogatory. Because, like... You know what? I'm okay with that. You know why I'm okay with that? Why? Because men weren't going to see Little Women. And I'm okay with So I'm okay if, like, if guys are like, if, if, if there's this categorization where men are saying, well, I'm not going to go see Little Women because it's a, it's a lady movie... And like people are going, I'm not gonna go see uh, full Ford of girls. Ford. We hate we hate stories about <laughs> girls. I'm not gonna go see Ford vs Ferrari because it's a dad movie. I'm a, like I, I'm just I'm saying it's a it's a very imbalanced year. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. All right. All right. Let's 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 get let's get the, let's let's write this train. Well, let's write this car. Um, <laughs> that doesn't work. Nope. Uh, Ford v Ferrari. Yep. The true story of Ken Miles and. Uh, now this is a uh, what was the name here? Uh, Ken Miles and Carol Shelby, yes, and their pursuit to win uh, the Le Mans race yep. from uh, from Enzo Ferrari, who was obviously the um, incumbent winner for many years over. Sure, um, and 
Um, and 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 I've been talking to a bunch of car people this week. Oh, good. Um, and and this is uh this is this is mythology amongst them. This is this is a well yes well worn <laughs> story that people know a lot about. Because for me, when I looked at this very specific story about this specific group that went on to you know to try and beat Ferrari, I was like, that's kind of like Moneyball to me, where it's like it's so you know like Moneyball was about sabermetrics. It's like so specific that I was like, does anyone know about this? But 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 then I you know when you do a little bit of investigation, it was like oh sabermetrics was like a really big story in it amongst. It wasn't the, it wasn't in your wheelhouse. Yeah. It wasn't in my wheelhouse. So Same. I was like so so when I was talking to car people this week, they were like oh well didn't you know that you know like the thing with Ken Miles not actually doing this and doing this is like not actually true and like and I was like oh you really know about yeah this. there's a like, story that's familiar yeah and like Ken Miles is a very like. Uh, almost mythological figure in, in, in people who follow the Le Mans race and who follow the development of cars, you know, people who, who go to the speedway. Um, so, so I was like, okay, can I, by, uh, by, by the uh, empathetic power of cinema, be transported into a world in which I'm invested in the, in the actualization of the, the, one of the biggest American motor companies, Ford, taking on its foreign competitor Ferrari. I would argue that it's possible. I mean, we know that cinema can do that. We can cinema look at many an, many stories we looked at this, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that Ford v. Ferrari would do that for me. Right. Uh, it, it did not. Okay. Um, I want to start, I think, a little bit with the things that I really liked about it. Okay. Um, I thought it was shot very well. Yes. I thought the the car action itself was invigorating to watch. There's a lot of cars in this car movie. Um, I thought uh, that Christian Bale's uh, Ken Miles was really a joy to watch. Yeah. Um, I thought, because normally that's a character, that type of character, like the asshole that's just really good at a thing so he can get away with being an asshole because he's so good at a thing kind of bothers me on occasion. I, you know what I liked about Christian Bale in this particular movie? He looked like he was having fun. He did look, look. like he was having fun. That and was that, another point I was going to make. It, it, it never seems like Christian Bale is having fun, right? Like it, it, it always feels like he's really working hard. I wonder if Christian Bale is a car guy. And maybe this no, play, he's not. Uh, apparently, well, apparently not. No, I mean he had to. He learned how to drive. Oh, of course, you know, yeah, yeah, To yeah. do that, and the thing to remember is he's is he he did this immediately following Vice. So he put on all that weight for Vice, <laughs> then lost all of it for this movie. He so bailed he, it again. Yeah, he bailed it. He bailed on the weight. I want him to keep the weight. I, want I to, mean, he will when he's older. I, I want him to hold on I to think it. with all the up-downs he's doing, he'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. But I, I thought he was fun. Yeah, I thought he was... when he, From his first moments on screen, and I guess it was also because... Uh, I know he's Welsh and he's doing an English accent in this one. Yeah. Um, but it just seemed closer in line to him, and he just seemed a little bit freer. You know, like he was like a little loosey-goosey, a little... Batman in his pajamas kind of thing. Yes. I also think that um, uh, I, uh, Kate Riona, I think, uh, Bluff, Bliff, I okay, can't, who I played can't, the wife? Yeah, who played his wife, who did a phenomenal job. I loved their relationship. I hate it. I, oh, you I didn't have, like her? I, well, I have another. No, I'm, I'm going to get to my thoughts and about then, that. So, it's really so, specifically about that. Well, I actually have a problem. But now, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like super positive about it. <laughs> uh, you like, wait, let me, just, let me just figure out this list here. You, go, you like the cars. You like Christian Bale. I like the cinematography. You like the cinematography. And I like. Uh, uh, shout out to the cinematographer, um, Faden Papa Michael, who uh, um, also shot Nebraska, which is a movie I really huh. like. Uh, what I did hate. Ooh, hate. Uh, was the kid. The kid. The kid. The kid didn't do it for you. It's not the kid's fault. Oh. It's how the movie uses the kid. Did you realize that Ken Miles' son. Peter Miles. Peter Miles. Played by Noah Jupe. 
uh, does not have a line of dialogue for, even though he's a main character in so many different scenes, uh, I think to like an hour and some change in. I did not notice that. It's weird. It hmm. threw me consistently. And then when he talked, the only time he talked was to set up platitudes for the Ken Miles character to espouse. And I was like, you this gotta, is strange. You got to know how to drive this car. You got to know it's how to push weird. the limits. And, and, and I don't know. Anytime, and this goes for my own interest as well. Anytime an interest uh, sort of goes to where, where or it's presented in that sort of way is almost like a mythological or like a, like a, like a consistently highly emotional, like this is the pinnacle of human understanding sort of way. Yeah. I, I, I get weirded out. Okay. I, I, I think, I think everything has a limit of, of its, um, I don't know, uh, and this is it's a different different weight for different believ- people. Believability, right? Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah, it gets a little bit hokey at a certain yeah. point, um, and so that threw me. It was a weird, I guess, scripting or editing or something choice that, like, I was like, this doesn't feel real anymore because this fucking kid who seems to be a large part, uh, like, just or or or, or a a driving force for a main character who has conversations met with silent faces and grins. Mm. Uh, it was weird. Mm. And I don't know. So that threw me. Yeah. I thought the beginning, they did a couple weird, and this was not a consistent thing, but it was something that knocked the pacing off for me until about the midpoint of the movie. Uh, they did a couple sort of like like sudden cuts. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about the very first one. Well, there's where, one in the very beginning. Where we don't see the race kind of end. We just kind yeah. of, yeah. Um, and then I think this film does... Uh, the reason why, here, here's another reason why I think it's a dad movie. Okay. It is only set up for a specific type of person, maybe a, a dad <laughs> or people from that era, okay. to really understand and enjoy. Because what it does is, wait, it, and can you? Wait, I'm gonna I'll, the Venn diagram because I'm a dad. Sure, from that particular generation. Okay, so it has to be a dad from that generation. Like maybe okay, boomer, but not quite. Could yeah. could be different. You read the Lee Iacocca biography and told your son about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. So your dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Um, this movie does something that I think, for instance, Moneyball. Oh, sorry, this movie doesn't do what I think Moneyball did really well. Mm-hmm. Moneyball took a complex part of the world that I do not understand, explained it to me in a compelling way, and made that world interesting to me despite it being outside of my natural predilections of interest. Yeah, Moneyball certainly did that. I mean, Aaron Sorkin, you know, Bennett Miller, this, what are you going to do? This basically, from start to finish, gave the impression and the feel of. This is for the, and this is nothing wrong with this. This is why it didn't connect with me. This is for the people that know about this, and everyone else likes. You know, sorry, maybe this isn't your movie. That's kind of, because because I got like it never. It threw a lot of names and numbers at me consistently of cars and people and stuff and things in this world, but I never understood the gravitas or the meaning of anything that they were doing. Not even like little. I mean, sometimes little sciencey things, sometimes referential things about this thing. Though there's this race and this person did that and da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, but if I don't know this, if I haven't seen. If I haven't, I, I, I equated it while I was watching it to like jumping into Marvel movies on Age of Ultron and being like, oh, I, yeah. okay, I, uh, I, fine. Right. Uh, so I don't know. It, it did, and that made me sort of feel like an outsider looking in to a thing I wasn't interested in already. It didn't feel like a welcoming experience to an outsider. Hmm. Okay. Um, for me, there, I'm, I have a complicated relationship with this film, which is that I did viscerally enjoy the pleasures therein. Sure. But I felt icky for doing so. And I felt icky for doing so because I feel like this film is somewhat retrograde, not only in its in 
the type of story it's telling, which is that, you know, it's the mythologizing. Uh, this is, uh, by the way, I'm going to play an email that we got from uh, uh, Stephen, my friend, uh, yeah. who, is a, who is a car person who's worked with a couple of people um, that are in and around this actual story. Um, so it's very specific, specifically known in this, in this field. But he, he I, and I think he came up with this phrase, but it's the mythologizing of Ken, uh, Ken Miles. And I, I, I think it, it, it's a retrograde great man story, right? Which is that, and retrograde may be the wrong word, but it's like a throw, there's a real throwback quality to this film. And, you know, in terms of like, this is a great man and like, look at the things he did and, you know, and, and, and I think at the heart of this film that I, that is something that I am uniquely interested in, uh, is the competition between the stri- the, the, the pursuit of perfection and the, and the pursuit of commercial viability. So Ford in this film, in, in many ways, Ford in this film is the enemy. Uh, it's sort of not placed that way. And, and it is, in a weird way, Ferrari to me is the aspirational figure because Ferrari is the figure that strives for perfection. Lee Iacocca says at the very beginning of this film is that for Enzo Ferrari will go down in the history of, of automobiles as one of the greatest car makers alive. What will Ford go down as? And and there's this there's a way that Ford is played for in this film. And it's and I I remember when I was a kid, um, this was a, in my economics class. We did the the Model T Ford experiment. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. Where you know every kid makes a Model T Ford by themselves, and then the and then you cut you stop, and then everyone makes a, a piece of uh, a piece of the Model T Ford, and then you see how many assembled on your own versus that. And it was like the, that was Ford's you know Henry Ford's genius was the idea of automation. But what his genius was not was building beautiful cars and the pursuit of perfection in that. So in a way, it was like this art versus commerce kind of approach that, sure. th- that this film is kind of dealing with. You know, Matt Damon even uh, even says in here, you know, at one point, um, you can't make a car, you can't win this by committee. And and what he's really saying there is that, you know, and Christian Bale even says to him, you you know, we're not like regular men because we are, we are pursuing something bigger than just, you know, like just the, the thrill of the win. You know, we're pursuing something more pure than this. And, you know, the whole sort of line about 7,000 RPMs is about, you know, like that idea that the, these men are chasing the sort of grand ideal. I don't, the, the thing about it, though, is that while that is a noble and admirable sort of, uh, you know, for, you know, the, the thing you were talking about, just not feeling welcome, I think that that was the sort of gateway into it for me. Uh-huh. Um, I did feel like um, there is a sort of ickiness to me personally, about the mythologizing of Ken Miles in the story, there there's an ickiness about you know the thing you're talking about, which is that you know everyone talks about him in this way that he is absolutely uh, this wonderful, brilliant person, um, but you know like his 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 faults aren't really seen as faults by the people around him. You know, they're always like, well, that's his... You know, like his wife... Well, they're forgiving. They're forgiven because of different reasons. Yeah, but like his wife... So his wife's character... You know, and I I listened to a couple of interviews with James Mangold where he talked about this, and he said, you know, like, this is a really fine line they have to really thread here, which is that women in that period, you know, did kind of live by the man, by by their husband's will, you know? So she kind of does, but he doesn't want to... And he doesn't want to necessarily, you know, retroactively change that to be something that it's not. Um, but he says, but it's also not, in the, it's not where we are in, as a society right now. And so he was like, so we're trying to thread that line. There's a scene where basically she has to like, she starts driving the car. I really like crazy, crazy. But I was like, I was confused by that scene because just two scenes earlier, she had said to him, um, you know, because the, the, the IRS had come and closed down his garage or something like that. And she had said to him, 
you can't stop you can't stop working on cars and you can't stop racing. It's the thing that you do. It's what, you know, it's what makes you you. It's what makes you you. Do you remember that scene where they're in the house? And that's what she says to him. She says, like, because he's like, oh, you know, I'll take a job somewhere else and, you know, I'll, just, I'll have to stop racing or something like that. And he's like, you, and she's like, you can't stop racing. It's what makes you you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's incongruous. And, and then the next scene, when he goes to see Shelby, she's suddenly, like, mad about it. She's, like, she's like crazy mad about it. I think but she's the reason mad about, she, him, about him. I think it's something that's, like, a history thing but not set up in but, the film. Yeah, but, but, but then she's also, like, given him the opportunity to, like, tell it. Like, why does he need to hide it? Like, he just hasn't... Well, the thing is, like, it didn't make sense why he was hiding. I think she was mad that he was hiding it. But I don't think, he, you know, like, in the, in the sort of context of the story it wasn't it didn't seem like he was hiding it he just hadn't told her at that point uh, well we, you know we don't I mean? know the time going but like yeah i don't know i don't <laughs> but, know but, it felt but, weird but there was this sort of incongruity to that sort of sense of like who kin miles is and all the characters around him. and i i i was kind of wondering if the film could be a little bit more interrogatory of kin miles the human being and the detriment like i think and i think matt damon's character kind of gets is sort of there to do this you know like they are the antithesis of but it's not really is he though i because, think because kin miles you know like we believe in him and everyone believes in him well except for, except for ford and ford ends up being the enemy of this film i, I really like tracy Leitz in this film as well as uh as henry ford the second um i mean he's a yeah, I, the, I mean, it's funny. You're like rooting for these people, but also they're the worst. Yeah, they're the. I mean, you're supposed to be rooting the, for them. The, like that. It's that strange thing where they are essentially the in the equation of art versus commerce. They're the commerce in this thing. Like the, their their methodology for like beating Ferrari isn't to pursue, isn't to like abdicate for the or you know like uh, it's a marketing. Uh, it's not to it's not to pursue perfection. It's not to like look at the race in the way that Shelby or or uh, Miles does. It's just to throw as much money as it is possible, right? It's the exploitation of artists to sell more cars. Yeah. Now, I thought <laughs> while Ken Miles, uh, Christian Bale's portrayal of Ken Miles, what, granted, very it was good. Very audible, good. it was great. Yeah. I thought that the Carol Shelby, Matt Damon character, was a complete waste. Okay. I, I think like you have this dynamic person, and then I just got Matt Damon with a southern accent. Like there's a lot of stuff set up for him yeah. that never pays off. It, it it certainly feels like Matt Damon, the persona and the actor that we've seen before, isn't stretching very far to do this role. It just felt and, and again, I'm not, not saying that what he did was was he's very good at bad. What he does. I was just like, look at what's going on to your left. Yeah. And like just I mean, and this isn't Matt Damon's fault necessarily, but like I wanted the script to give like even weight to them. And I never basically he was in this story, and maybe this is how it was in real life or whatever, but it made it made the whole thing less like the 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 stakes ever so much lower for me. No matter what Ken Miles did, Carol Shelby got him out of it. it or helped him or whatever. And I was like, by the second time or whatever, I'm like Oh, okay. So, golden ticket. Who gives a shit? Well, like, no, I, I mean, I, I think I think there is a um, there is a fine balancing act if you're an actor to playing against Christian Bale. Especially, I also don't think it's. I'm not saying it's the performance is yeah. bad. I'm saying the the script and what he does in the film yeah. just feels like he's the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Like he's the he's the thing that keeps us on the rails because it has to stay on the rails for the story. When I know. For a fact that you know, I don't know all the facts from the history of it, but like this is a historical tale. Yeah, like it has to be. I don't know. It just it, it's. The, I I think uh, to sidetrack on this sort of like how do you play against Christian Bale when Christian Bale is doing he Christian Bale comes in with the sort of mechanics of a performance like really well done. And we we've talked about Christian Bale 
Um, you know, and I think we even mentioned it on this episode, which is that it never looks like he's having fun. And I always find as an actor, I'm always seeing the work with Christian Bale. Yeah. And like there are other actors who come in who are working equally hard, but they, you never feel like they're doing the work, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and uh, you know, I think about um, the movie The Fighter. You remember that with David Russell? Yeah. That was like the nominee. I think, did Christian Bale win for that? I can't even remember. I don't remember. But, you know, it's him against Mark Wahlberg, and he's playing out this strung out, uh, you know, like drug addict brother, and he's like all scrawny and stuff. And Mark Wahlberg is like, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do my thing, you know, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go toe to toe to try and out, out, Act or out, out outperform this person, you know. Sure. And I think there's a fine balancing act you have to do. Again, I don't think, in a film. I, I don't want to put it on Matt Damon's performance. Yeah. I think it's a structure of the script. Yeah. I think it's a structure of the way the story is told to us. Yeah. Um, Matt Damon <laughs> does fine. Matt Damon with the southern accent, and I think that is actually probably what the story needs. But yeah. the problem is, in doing so, the structure, the the lattice work of how this is put together, just is. Yeah, like it's I said, on ra- for for a movie about cars, it's on rails. It's on rails. Yeah, yeah. And I, the the thing I was thinking about as I was watching, I was like, man, this live action remake of Speed Racer is turning out pretty interesting. I, 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 to, Be- do you want to get real? Yeah, Speed Racer is a better movie. I I no, remember I didn't love Speed Racer. I know. And the thing, the reason I brought up Speed Racer is the is not the um, is is because of the earnestness of the film. Speed Racer is an incredibly earnest film. So and yeah. so is Ford v Ferrari. It's incredibly earnest about these things. Is it? It, it is. I think it. I think it. Really, I don't think. I don't. It, I don't buy it. Let's like, back up for a I, second. I really no. I don't buy it. I don't. But, but can we talk about the word earnest then? Okay. Uh, scared stupid goes to jail. Mm. Uh, <laughs> On the How Did This Made podcast, he uh, is uh, famously. Uh, I think June Diane Raphael thinks he's handsome. Yeah, Ernest. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's a handsome guy. The, yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway, no, no, it's just, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so, so, um, earnestness. Mm-hmm. I know where we're going to go down this road, so I'm just going to bring up the. Uh, the definition. Uh, right please now. do. Yeah. <laughs> so Speed Racer is earnest because you can see it in all of its threads and in all of it, in the entirety of its craft, like it was built to, for enjoyment and like you could tell that like whatever it was trying to do, it was doing with the utmost honesty it possibly could. Okay. So you're uh, equating earnesty with honesty. I don't know. I'm, 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 I don't know really how to, how to word it. Okay. This film, and we'll, we'll come to it. This <laughs> film, I don't think says enough about anything to earn an earnesty check mark. Because, so, because like, so... It's not really about Miles and and Shelby's friendship. Mm-hmm. It's not because they don't spend enough time outside of the car stuff to have like mo- it's just Shelby constantly gets Miles out of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have that moment, that weird fight, and it's like, I guess that's warranted, but like we never told like it's a lot of mentioning something, but we never see it, like right. the history or whatever. Okay, so it's not about that. It's not really about Miles' family dynamic. Well, uh, but yeah, but again, yeah, yeah. Spend, I found that difficult. We yeah. spend a lot of time with it, but it never focuses in. So I'm like, okay, so it's not about that. Yeah, uh, uh, it's not really about the science of what they did or the or the the machinations of how they did it. They have one or two moments, like the yarn and the computer yeah, yeah. and like that stuff, like where it's like almost again science treated like anecdotal stuff to make it like ho like yeah. like a clever thing. Like, but it's not it's not about the about, not about the actual doing of this task. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the, then the, I think the closest thing is honestly your take is art it's, it's, ar- it's it's art versus commerce. Yeah, that to me, because we are on the side as the prote- the protagonists in the film are on the side whether they like it or not of commerce. Yeah, and I'm not really on board with that. Uh, 
it never felt like there was a cohesive sort of earnest because like even the thing that it's the that you could argue is the most earnest about this film yeah. is coming at it from an opposite of earnesty perspective. So like I just and where where I go back to like a speed racer <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, every every fathom of this weird little thing, a weird big thing is all con- like put together and you can just feel you you could feel the 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 joy of trying to do the purest form of whatever they were doing. See, I think what you may have conflated there is the success of ha- telling of of how they get to one storytelling point versus whether they're sincere about that storytelling point. And I I I actually think that that conflation might be uh, the wrong way to look at it, which is that I think this is earnest in all the same ways as Speed Racer is. It is like it's not a cynical film. It is about um, an honesty with which they're portraying things. I don't think there there are a few liberties taken with history here, but it's not you know like. I think not, it's a pretty cynical film. Really? You think this is a cynical film? What's, think, the, what's the cynical part of I this I mean, film? the cynical part is, you know, you can you can fight all your life and be an asshole, and then you finally do the right thing, and you're still fucked over. And I'm like, oh. But but Miles doesn't see it that way. He does. At the end of it, he walks away with Matt Damon, or with uh, Shelby, and says, well, you know, you, you brought me, he, his w- exact words are, you promised me the ride, not necessarily the win. Well, let me put it this way. Maybe Ken Ken Miles didn't feel that way, but Shelby a hundred percent did. It, well, or it was portrayed Sh- that way. Shelby regretted asking him to. Uh, so, spoilers for Ford v Ferrari. This is the big spoiler of the film, which is that at the end of the film. Oh, you mean uh, the second ending? Uh, Lee, uh, is it Leo BB? Uh, okay, actually, sorry, I forgot to con- to add in Leo BB, uh, played by Josh Lucas, as the other thing that I just it just made me feel icky because he's played for such a villain. Like, and and Josh Lucas has a history of playing these characters. I remember he played um i can't remember the character's name but in the incredible hulk he was like the swarmy i'm gonna get the hulk so i can steal his power you know like so i can like get his uh anti-man he's like all business um which i didn't buy but apparently that story of leo bb is kind of true um so it's it's i think it's all there it's just it feels icky to me like there's something about it where i don't i don't buy into the world that I think James Mangold, the director, is trying to portray like where, whereas like in in uh, Moneyball, Bennett Miller is sort of wrapping up the idea of sabermetrics and what was done in that story yeah. to to talk about what is the value of winning versus losing. You know, it's not about baseball at all. It's like what is the value? Like how do we how do we identify a win? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, I think the. I think that question about like what is the film like really saying by the end of it gets really mucky because I I think it comes down to this idea, you know, there's two things. There's, there's, the film ends with Shelby's regret of having asked Ken Miles to to slow down. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently, in historical fact, that it, that story is is somewhat disputed. Um, but but the second thing is, is you know like this this sort of absolute pursuit that miles has for perfection you know and like but it's weirdly told from the point of view of shelby of like talking about like when you go past seven thousand rpms Jesus. everything just fades and i was like that the i thing, believe the thing vin about, diesel more when he says that for those 15 seconds or less i'm free like it was you would have liked it if he said you can only live life quarter mile at a time it's, to me because of the 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 placement or or because of the style of film that that is in, yeah, a line like that feels more earnest in a Fast and Furious movie, right? Because of the surrounding of it, I, this I, has a lot of platitude with I, not I, a lot of 
foundation. I think it's not doing that story side of it well. I think I think it is trying to it is, you know, like to me the thing that resonated was the art versus commerce thing. Mm-hmm. I think the the sort of pursuit of perfection which is sort of embedded into that story, I wasn't quite buying the way it was executed to me. But I do believe that this was sort of like what the film was really trying to say. And like I I recalled in Speed Racer when Speed is talking about the beauty of racing and why racing means everything. And I sort of rec- I remember I felt that way that that's what people were talking about in this film when they talked about the beauty of racing. You know like when Matt Damon, uh, when, when Lee Iacocca comes to see Matt Damon right at the beginning, and he's like, what's it take to win this race? And he's like, well, uh, you don't, what is it, what is the line is like, uh, you can't buy this race, is, is what he says or something along the lines, you know, he's like, you need the best of the best, and you need to like, know the course, and like, Le Mans is not like any course you know, it's, it's not, a, it's not about the money. But that's my thing, <laughs> it's all platitude, it's all platitude in a film that sets up Every character who believes in platitudes to lose. And it's weird and it doesn't feel like it's even in what it's doing. I think it's I, th- I think it's not clear. Uh, yeah, it's certainly not clear. And it, and it didn't and, and more importantly is it didn't resonate for me. Like it didn't it didn't actually like really land for me in that. I but I but I will say, like, so just the meta quality to this film, which is that it is a hundred million dollar sort of adult sport, you know, like interpersonal film with big set pieces that aren't tied to a franchise or a superhero thing mm-hmm. and comes from a director of a superhero franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, like, the Mangold himself talks about the fact that, you know, the reason this movie kicked around for so long is that no studio wanted to make it. It's like a $100 million movie about, like, personal drama and, you know, like, with some car racing thrown in. And the car racing isn't, like, the main attraction. It's so funny. Yes. Okay, sorry. And... and, and I think the car racing in this is so well executed. Yes. It's really, really profoundly well executed. But the film never treats it, just like you sort of said, as a main attraction. It actually doesn't feel like anything is really the main attraction. The problem is, is the car isn't connected to the main attraction, which is the main attraction should be... And look, Mangold is really good at no, at not sacrificing the moment, the personal for the for for the for the visceral. Like he's really good at that. Like I thought he was really good at that in 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 Wolverine and uh, in Logan, Logan in Three Ten to Yuma. He's like really good at saying, okay, this is going to be a sort of fast action moment, but but I'm going to make sure that I'm really focused on the thing that I want you to be thinking about here, which is like and and in the in the racing sequences. I think he did a really good job of like setting up the stakes of the race. So it wasn't just about like going the fastest. It was like, how do I get around this corner? I've got to beat this person here. You know, like I've got to get. Do I take a lap? From and a I, visual standpoint? No, from a from a storytelling point of view. The problem is, is that storytelling stuff that I'm talking about here, which is like the mechanics of racing. You know, like what happens if my door is open? Now I'm going to lose a lap, and I've got to get back in this race. Sure. Um, all that stuff. It's not really connected to the thing that I think is most important, which is, um, which is. The pursuit of perfection, and and the you know, but I, I I'm going back and forth on this because I think the moment at the end of the film when Ken Miles decides to slow down, I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting moment because it is like a sort of reflection on this idea that he's been too hard headed and he needs to like be a team player as opposed to an individual. And I, I like part of that did land on me, but but the film. As a whole, and then did, when he does it, he gets punished for it, which yeah, which then to I, to the outside viewer. Basically says like no, 
the, the one time with his hard head's not a hard head, he gets fucked over, so he, that's the wrong move. No, I don't. I don't think the film is saying that that's the wrong move. I'm saying that's the way the world works. Which, like, which, which is which in this story which is, which, of art versus consumerism, that makes total sense. Yeah, I think that's just the way the world is. You know, like, like, yeah, he. It is the case that when someone who's being uh, entirely, uh, you know, like one direction their entire life suddenly decides to take one for the team, they get punished for it at that moment. That's like that's that's you know, like the the, the way the world works. And and I I actually didn't mind that, but I, but I don't think I don't like the there's a sort of quality to the end of this film where it's like. Oh yeah, and then he died a little bit later, and I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. There are two fucking endings to this movie, and I was like, mm, what is that ending saying about this thing, which Nothing. is about that thing? And I was like, you know, like I, 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 it's it's loosely all there, but I certainly didn't walk away from it connected to the whole thing. The 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 portrayal of the death is there because that happened in real life. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why it's there. It's not tied with the rest of the film at all. It uh, you're never sort of tied with these two men enough to to really sort of like buy into the friendship where this whole thing and the moment where the son he runs uh, where Shelby runs up to the son and like waves to the wife and like all this like it just none of it connects. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you could argue due to I think and it, you have successfully due to the the commercialism versus artistry right. Mm-hmm. That is a thread you can connect throughout the movie. Granted, I think it's the only one, and it's like a giant umbrella. Th- it's a, it's a, a, an umbrella of threads. It's really complicated as well, because ultimately, most of the time, I'm on Ferrari's side on this. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the deal. Ford sec- the second is a kind of a racist piece of shit. Racist? He, he, what's he say about the fucking Italian? Uh, uh, the, he, some wops. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool guy. Right. Uh, Great. I'm rooting for your team, and I'm just like, and he's just, and, and he's to... a, and he's a huge dick to everybody, and like, I mean, after the speech, like, the speech she gives to his factory workers. Oh yeah, I, I didn't buy that. I mean, the thing is, that's the kind of speech that gets talked about in marketing classes. I, I've never believed that that speech really happened. But I know maybe it did. I know, but that speech, I, I don't even know. I wasn't even referring to it as a real thing that happened. I'm just saying, in the language of cinema, when a character does that speech. I code him or her or them as villain character. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I think the thing that's interesting is that he is the villain. And then, but 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 then we have that oh that so believable moving moment where Shelby takes him in the car and they and they ride and he he breaks down because it's this is what his father has always talked about and I'm like. I, no. you know what? I I liked Tracy Litz in that scene. Yeah. I, I like I, I liked what Tracy Litz was doing in that scene. I Tracy Litz chewed too much scenery before that to make that moment believable. I just what I like there is that Mangold gives it enough time to turn. Like the scene starts where you like he's crying and it's sort of like a joke, but then it continues on and holds in that single shot for a while. Where there's enough time for that scene for for that performance to turn for me, I, and I and I think it's you know like I like the idea that that we get an insight into this person who I who I've kind of been vowing as the villain for the entire film. He's kind of like saying, well, the the movie is kind of saying, well, he is the villain, but he's also a person who doesn't understand the artistry that these people perceive. It also doesn't change a damn thing. Unreal. So like, yeah. what's the point? Like that. There's a lot of what's the points in this yeah, movie, yeah. And that's the weird. That's the weirdest thing I can say about this movie because on a, a lot of different technical levels, if you're talking about some acting, if you're talking about just the craft of the the thing that's put in front of your eyeballs and your in your ear in your earbuds, uh, it, it it all should function, yeah. But much like a car 
put mm. together weirdly. I don't know. I guess is it assembly line? It's is just it feel- like, no, but it also is like I always think about Homer's car. From the Simpsons, okay. remember when Homer designed a car? No, and he designs the way he just like he comes up with the worst ideas. And it's 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 actually a sort of a good uh, example of design by committee. Like because Homer just puts on all this stuff, and nobody understands what he's doing, but they're told they have to, so they just kind of like they just follow him. Yeah, it's a really weird episode, but it's great. I, I, yeah, I the, the there there's there's a lot of moving parts in this engine, but like a lot of them don't. Like the doesn't help the car go faster. Like what would have? I don't know. I don't know. I just I wanted to like. Sometimes I really like going into a movie that I'm not excited to see, because you have the chance to engage with it beyond a hype level. Like I don't get me wrong. When I was watching this movie, I wasn't psyched to see it, but I also didn't like. I wasn't rooting against it. I was like, oh man, like wouldn't it be fun if this movie? I was kind of like, haha, dad movie was like. One of my favorite films of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I, I was kind of like secretly hoping for that. And and here's what I want to talk about is why I think that is. It's the Oscar factor. Like, it's we're, we're going into this movie going, it was nominated for Best Picture. So therefore, it must have something that is like unique or interesting. I or, no longer believe that. You, you no longer believe that it was? Or do you not I no longer it? believe that being an Oscar Best Picture nominee means you are doing something uh, exquisite or unique. I, I don't know I, think it has to mean exquisite, but I think it does mean... Like, to me, the, the label still carries the weight of worth checking out. Uh, worth checking out, but that doesn't mean it's unique. I mean, you can... Uh, there, the, the way that the Oscars sort of sort of function from a from a winning or nomination standpoint, it's, it's almost... It's almost like a computer generates it at this point. Like it's formulaic to the. Do you think it's degree. there's like people uh, in studios who are just like, how can I win this thing? Let's throw as much money into the equation as possible. I mean, I do think <laughs> that, but but I I don't think that's that's not uh, yes the answer much is like yes. Henry Ford, but I don't <laughs> think that's what this is. Yeah. Um. I think. I just think that 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 when when the Oscar noms roll around, th- this is that like. It's weird. I use the term. I know you don't like it. Oscar bait a bunch. I don't even. I don't even know if I call this film Oscar bait. I just think it does check. Like it, it at least feels. You know what it is? Here it is. It checks all the boxes of Oscar bait, but it never commits to anything. Like all of the things I've laid out to one particular thing that I just don't believe that they like had the plan to do that at all. I just, like. I wonder if I'd watch this without any of the sort of sense of Oscarness around it. Because we we are doing it because it's on the Oscar. I wouldn't, but right. I also wouldn't like actively. Well, no. What what I want. Wondered is if I is if I watched it under those circumstances, would I be more forgiving of the sort of imbalance of it and just go, wow, that was really well put together, you know? Like, but it's of, not really well put together. I, That's is, the thing. No, I think it's really well put together. I don't think the from story a, from a story, it's not. No, no, I think yeah, technically it's very, very well put. You know. Technically, yes. From a from a from a camera and visual and audio design perspective, mm. it is very well put together. But it is in service of a story that never made it off the line. I, and, and Either in the and, factory and, or look, on the racetrack. I really want to make this clear. I did not connect with this movie. Like, we know I, that. I'm just, I'm just trying to... But I but I, I kind... I do like some of the com- complicated ambition that it has. I don't think it knows where to go with it. Outs- or Outside of a technical angle, what complicated ambition that, that did it art, have? Art versus commerce within this sort of grand thing. You know, I think I think it is sort of reaching for something. And I, I would argue that Speed Racer does that better. So Speed Racer does that as well. And I, but I, it's I wasn't like, drinking the Kool Aid on Speed uh, Speed I Racer know. either. I, I, I'm just, I'm just sort of trying to figure out. And maybe what it is, what's happening is I'm trying, I'm being a little more forgiving of it because it's, 
in this you know selection of films that will be noted in history um and and i'll be honest with you i'm i'm sort of like <laughs> the, the 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 you know to be honest with you when i when i watched it i was like oh I would have taken this one off the list, or maybe I would. Because I here's the deal: I want to read you another list. Is that okay? Read I want to read you uh, the movies that a lot of people are feeling like got snubbed right at the Oscars, and I want you to tell me if you think Ford v Ferrari is better than any of them. Right. Before uh, your be, opinion. Before we do that, I do want to stress that we there is a thing that happens with the Oscars, which is that we think that the list is uh, a taxonomy of quality in order, and it's not. It's a it's a it's a selection of films made by a committee reflecting upon it at the certain time. Oh, I don't like, think like, I don't like think not, that the order of the nominees mean anything. It's not objective, is what I'm is what I'm saying. It's like being on this list doesn't mean that you know like it's the best films of the year. It's well think, by their standards it does. But we treat it like that. But I don't think it actually means that. Of course, it's called best picture. I'm saying it's called Best Picture, but it doesn't. In every year is 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 your favorite movie? You no, know, but like it's the snubs. Academy. It's the people. It's the, the people. It's the people that we have elevated somehow as a film going society to being the um, the authorities on what what That's good cinema is. I th- I don't think we should treat it as authority. No, we should I'm... not. I, I agree with that, but yet there's still a thing that is an award show that we all clamor to that is called Best Picture. And I think we bestow upon it the quality of being an authority, and we it's not. It's a, it's a list that have like that have made by people who previously won it. Uh, that, that it is based us, on the commerce, and, and certain requirements are made. You know, like yeah, uh, you know, like it is unusual for a film like Parasite to be on that list. You know, like it's, it, that. But that Parasite would, transcends it because it's so what is so but, but good. It, in any, this is the first time that it's ever happened. But there are movies, you know, like Bong Joon Ho has made miraculous films before that have not appeared on that list. That doesn't mean that those films are not the best pictures of the year. I mean, but it. Uh, okay, yes, in a metaphysical sense, to somebody else somewhere, of course not. But in in the in, in Hollywood, kid, in the business that matters, like it, that's what it is. It certainly carries weight. Again, here's yeah. the list of all the movies that yeah. Ford v Ferrari is seen in the eyes of the Academy. As being worse than that particular film. Hustlers. Yeah. The Farewell. Yeah. The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Ad Astra. That's the only one I... I, uh, I probably like Ford v. Ferrari more than I like Ad Astra, to be honest. I haven't honest. seen it. Uh, a, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I haven't seen it. Dolomite is My Name. I haven't seen it. Knives Out. And Uncut Gems. Yeah. So... Yeah, and, that's what, and this is what I mean, is that we shouldn't treat... Like, we, we do place a certain degree of importance on the best picture nominees probably because it's called best picture because it's the somehow corralled itself into being the most important award so in the award you know like we've created this award season around it the the discussion around it but we don't we don't we don't have to do that maybe we just like being mad <laughs> we don't have to like you know like the list is a list you know like and it would be great you know like don't get me wrong it'd be great to be on that list but i'm just saying being on the list isn't a reflection of being the best film, and like, what does that even what does that even mean? I mean, it, it is in the eyes of the Academy, of course, in the eyes of the Academy, and history will note it. But it doesn't mean. I guess that's why it's important. Is history will note it? History will make a note of it, and and this is that thing where I say, um, I think a film like Uncut Gems gains something. Well, <laughs> depends on your measure of gain, but gains something by not being nominated, whereas this loses something by being nominated. I think this film, the weight that this film carries now because it is being nominated, 
makes it um puts it under a, a brighter magnifying glass and i'm not saying that we should follow that magnifying glass but uncut gems which is this movie that's like now a discovery kind of has a different weight on it you know like it's i just i think we we you know we've said this as well as like what do the oscars actually mean but because it, it is just a popularity contest right well it's a business it's a business <laughs> expense it's a it's a it's a it's a way you can market your film, a tried and true successful way of marketing your film or your filmmakers. That is a result of it. Yeah, but what does it I mean, what does it actually mean? Well, that's what it means. Yeah. I mean, that's a result of what happens but if it you wouldn't, win. But it wouldn't exist consistently if that was not the going thing. People wouldn't fight for it as much if that didn't equal other things like that. But there's no way to to say objectively best picture. It's just a it's just a popularity contest. It's a good one. Well, yeah, but I mean, I literally it's a good like one. We're, we're, when, I, when we say like best picture, I am talking about in the context of the rules of this particular category yeah. or contest. Yeah. But, but I'm talking about like you and me as viewers, as schmucks on the street. Sure, you, we you know can have I mean? our own best pictures mm. in our head, but yeah. no one's going to remember that when we're dead. Eh, I'll remember it. No, you, you won't. You'll be you, dead. I'll put it on your tombstone. Am I going to die before you? Pepperoni and cheese. Is, pepperoni and cheese is your favorite uh, pizza or movie? Put it on your tombstone. It was a thing for the, the pizza sauce. What was that? There was a oh my god. Yeah. Okay, may, yeah, yeah. Okay, there I'm the was anti Captain America in this one. I was like, I don't know that reference. Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Write us what in onlymoviepodcast no, okay. at gmail.com if you know what when someone says put it on your tombstone and someone says cheese and pepperoni, what that means. I don't know what that means. Anyway, no, no, I'm no, no. just bitter <laughs> yeah. and sad. And and uh, I just I expect more. From the thing that has been the you know, uh, but but told to us and and still st- says consistently that, that that is the the quintessential outview on film for the industry. I will say this: I don't. I think the chance of this winning Best Picture is a pretty low. Oh, it won't. It's, it won't a, it's a long it shot. But like, here's the thing: all the films I listed before, I'd much rather. I, I don't think, uh, with maybe the exception of one or two on there, I don't think actually have a good shot at winning if they were nominated. But right. like, I think they're more deserving. I think they do more interesting things. They're more evocative from an emotional or visual or any other level. They they pick a thing and they're earnest about it. Earnest is that word? Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to hear from uh, our friend Stephen from New Zealand? Yes, who has, please. Who has worked with some of the people that are not or kind of briefly mentioned? So uh, a person that's mentioned, I think he's in the uh, McLaren car, is Chris Amon, who's a New Zealand racer, who's a New Zealand national icon, basically. Uh, and again, I am not that well versed in any of this, so I will hand it over to Stephen to tell us what he thinks. Take it away, Stephen. Look, I have a lot of views about Ford versus a Ferrari. Um, I feel that they pass it off as if it was a biopic, when in fact it's more about the legend of Ken Miles. And you know, if you look online, you'll see lots of things that were inaccurate, you know, like Ferrari wasn't at the race. They compressed the time down, um, so they went three times and not two to Lehman. Ken went, he, he never stayed at home, and the fist fight on the lawn, that never happened. Sorry, spoilers of anybody at this point. So, so there's a lot of things that they changed, and you sort of go, well, you know, Hollywood making an inaccurate movie, you know, shock, horror. Why do I feel like this? I actually know one of the drivers, uh, Chris Amon. I did a lot of stuff on TV shows with him. He'd throw us around the track in the car, um, which was absolutely... The scene where um, Henry Ford uh, is taken for a ride by Shelby and he's laughing and crying at the end of it, I know that feeling. I know that feeling very well. I know as a guy used to say, the louder you scream, the faster we go. Um, Yeah, so you just didn't scream. You just tried to be manly and suck it up. 
So Chris Amon, who you probably haven't heard if you watch this movie, he was in the car that won, along with uh, Bruce McLaren. So they are two legends of New Zealand motor car racing, um, and they, they basically won the race. So Chris was saying that he and McLaren were well ahead of everybody at Le Mans in 1966, and in a few hours from winning the race, when Ford told everyone in Ford cars, because all the Ferraris were out of the race, they'd all, they'd, they were gone, Ford told them all to take it easy for the final stage. Um, Miles was running about third with another car that was running fourth, and they didn't stop racing. They kept going flat chat against each other, and ended up, uh, they took the lead lap. And then the other Ford car actually broke down. So what happened was that um, when, when Miles went into the pit stop, they forced him to have a slow pit change. Um, and they made it very clear that he was going to do this group finish with the other two cars. Uh, Miles slowed down so that the McLaren car could cross the line first because he knew they deserved the win. I mean, it was their race. You, I mean, if you, if you watch the film, you, you don't know any of this. You don't know anything about them because they were completely written out of the film. Like, they were on the team for months and months. They were involved in all the attempts. They tested all the cars. Bruce McLaren, who was not just a great driver but a brilliant designer, he is actually the one who came up with the swapping the brakes out. There's a scene in the movie where Henry Ford and his wife leave the race in a helicopter to have dinner and head back to the hotel while the drivers push on and then... Henry gets back talking about how good his dinner was and how breakfast was. And it, it's a good filmic moment. It sort of separates the divide. But I remember Chris talking about how Henry and his wife, Christina Ford, they never mentioned her name in the movie, actually stayed most of the night having dinner and breakfast with the drivers and how much it meant to them. So, you know, like the, the Fords are lessened to make Miles and Shelby seem more. I don't know, the, the, this need to have a bad guy, when what they, in a way, what they were doing was just, you know, like, like the moon landing. You've got all these technical difficulties, you've got all this stuff happening. And if you want to know who was really unfairly treated at the end of this, the Nextly Man's Ford dropped all the New Zealand drivers. The, the guys who won the race for them, they dropped them because they wanted an American car with an American driver to win. Anyway, um, I'll be interested to hear what you think about it, and have a great time. I mean, I had a greater time listening to you, Stephen, tell me about this, but the actual facts of what went on, that's incredibly far far more interesting than what was presented to me. Uh, thank you for sending that in. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really fantastic uh, bit of information there, and um, you know, like it's weird as a New Zealander that I should really know who that I I, I wasn't aware that McLaren was a New Zealander, which is like hearsay, uh, you know, like it's heresy as far as a New Zealander goes. But regardless of, of my in, ineptitude as being a Kiwi, um, the the things that he points out, I, I think what what's interesting about what Stephen is talking about there is the idea that, you know, like it, it has to do with what filmmaking is and what narrative, you know, what, what narrative mythologizing is, which is that we, we find within complex stories, the simple stories that, that, that resonate with us. And for i guess for james mangold for the for for the screenwriters for this story the story of ken miles this man who died who was you know kind of known as a savant mm -hmm. was far more compelling a story than the story of chris amon and and bruce mclaren um and 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 i think that is that's a sort of interesting thing. what it, what steven's email really made me think about was um damien chazelle's movie first man it made me think about 
you know the, the 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 way that that film singularly takes the entire narrative of going to the moon, Neil Armstrong's story of going yep. to the moon, and makes it about this personal trauma that Neil Armstrong is having. Now, I didn't love that movie per right. se, but I think it it's sort of an interesting thing because I think that film is is far more successful at doing what it set out to do. And I think this film is trying to do a bunch of things and not necessarily connecting, for me personally, with any of that. But I, I think, you know, hearing Stephen talk about that really made me think a lot about um, the, the variety in ways that we take stories and try to make them. And I, and I think, I still contend, I, I think that the art versus comics thing, which is true to James Mangold's life as a filmmaker, yep. you know, as as you know, he you listen to him talk about superhero films. By the way, it's really fascinating. He's he's a for a guy who's made arguably, I think, the best superhero film in the last you know ten years, probably. Um, he's very he comes off as fairly anti superhero movies. He comes off he's he in the in the camp of. Uh, you know Spielberg and and Francis Ford Coppola. He's kind of on their side with it. He I mean, and you can tell it. you can tell that in yeah. Logan. Like yeah. you can you can feel that. And there's nothing. I I've never had a problem with people that that think it's the superhero films are trite or like anything like that. Like, but like what I love about uh, uh, Mangold is he took that with Logan. And was like, you know what's interesting with these characters? This. Yeah. And and you look at it and you're like, yeah, uh, yeah of course that, that is. Like like whereas someone and, like, <laughs> regardless, we'll, we'll get off the side train. But I think I think to 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 what you just said, I was kind of hoping that he did. He do this with cars. With he do this with these characters. Because he's you know like in the interviews I've I've heard with him, he's talked about how he's not really a car car person at all. I mean, yeah. I, and I think, I think, but, and this is the interesting part. He probably d- dislikes superheroes actively or superhero films actively, and therefore he set out to be like, no, this is a story I'd like to tell with this. So, like, he took a passion and flipped it. I don't think he's one way or the other about cars or really this story. I think he has sort of the, the he had the option to make this thing, and he's a very good filmmaker. And, and th- 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 that's why there's no true... No, no pun intended. Drive behind it, other than the loose umbrella that I think you have posited, which is the only thing I can grasp onto, which is the commerce versus artistry. Yeah, and I and I would have I, I I like that idea. I I would have loved it if it landed. And I like it doesn't you know it doesn't really and the stuff around it, like yeah you know I, I know the Leo BV story with Josh Lucas is supposedly true in some way. Um, but it doesn't ring true. There's a lot of mustache twirling. In yeah, this movie. it's like it is mustache twirling. And to Stephen's point, it's like you know, yo, we need like why, a villain. Why do we need like, a villain? Like, yeah, yeah, it's like <sighs> just tell the fucking interesting story. Just tell well, the no, fucking interesting I, story. I, but I think I think that is a greater function of like not 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 only why we tell stories, but how we tell stories. But you know, we, like, we've challenged that quite a bit recently. With a lot, to be honest, with a lot of the movies we just listed that are snubbed. Yeah, like no, no, no. that that. That it is made for more interesting stories. That is completely fair. Like the mustache, yeah. There was a quality to the mustache twirling in this movie that was just like, oh, really? You know, like, like it, there's something about it that doesn't. I mean, like, tie the tie the tie his kid to the train tracks, you psychopath. Like that's where it got to a point. It, it, I'm just it, like, yeah, you know, well, because also the you know like the thing that uh, that Stephen points out, which is that you know the idea that he didn't go to the first Le Mans race is sort of the first betrayal. But it turns out he did go, but but maybe not to race, and you know, I don't know. Um, I think. I think there's a there's a quality that while I am uncertain of why this movie made me feel somewhat icky, there's a thing to trust in your gut when something doesn't resonate. And for me, 
when something doesn't resonate, I have to really ponder and think about it and, and, and sort of really meditate on, on that, on that quite a bit. And, and I, and I've done that with this film and I, I agree with the, the sort of the organize, the, if the organizing principle for why we did this film is the Oscars mm -hmm. and the organizing principle for why we're having this conversation is that it is in this field. I agree. I, I feel let down by that and I feel let down by the film a little. I, there is visceral pleasure in this film. It, there is visceral, you know, much like um, uh, seeing Wolverine for the first time on screen. Logan. Uh, seeing Wolverine, oh, the, the, wolf, character. the character for the first time. I'm sure for many people seeing Lee Iacocca, you know, going to, to sign a deal with, Ford, with Enzo Ferrari, which never happened, by the way, uh, <laughs> is kind of a thrill. Uh, I'm not in that camp, so it didn't quite land for me. Um, I like James Mangold a lot. Do you know what film didn't connect with me? Okay. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at first. Mm, yeah. Oh, have you done it again? No, no, no. But, uh, but we talked about this even in the podcast. This is new information, oh, okay. I think. I'm just sort of reiterating. And then I left the movie, and I thought about it a lot. Right. And I came to an under. I was like, oh, shit, and like had a kind of an epiphany. And then I, look I was able to look back at moments in the film in my mind and be like, oh, like, I get it. Like, right. I get some reasoning by behind some things. And and that movie, despite me not connecting with it instantly, was so good that it made me want to do that. It made me actively think about it outside of the theater. Right. This film did not connect with me. Enough to do that. Enough to do that. In fact, this is a weird thing. I'm going to close out with this, I think, for my thoughts here. I call Ford v. Ferrari the anti-cats. Oh, <laughs> this took a turn. I did. <laughs> so as we all know, uh, Cats is not a good movie, <laughs> but Cats is one of the most interesting cinematic experiences I've had in my entire life. Right. It offered me something different, be that thing not good, but at least it's something that I actively thought about more than a lot of films this year. Mm. So I kind of wrote out a couple things. So it's the anti-cats, right? <laughs> so so Ford v. Ferrari. I mean, it, it's cars and cats. Yeah, and I see it. Like, yeah. Sort of. so, yeah. It's one yeah, layer different. Yeah, it's one yeah. layer different. Uh, it's a uh, competently made film that I enjoyed watching, but find nothing interesting enough to think about afterward, which is the opposite of cats, <laughs> which is a clusterfuck that I couldn't stop thinking about but afterward. Is that, but is that, I mean... Hold on. I'm not done. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> this film with co with the cars has really great, clean, believable special effects. Okay, cats, not so much. It's all over the place and it's wacky and it's not even consistent. Okay, this film has relies on it felt like very tropish characters, mm -hmm. like tried and true tropish characters, where cats. <laughs> It's so fucking all over the place, even though it goes to great lengths just to name all the cats. Hmm. And finally, uh, this film, and this is a harsh one, but Ford v. Ferrari, I didn't really ever get the sense that it had a real soul or desire to try something new, just sort of old tropes and cliches mashed together into a world that I did not understand, whereas Cats, for all of its faults, and again, bad movie. It swung for a goddamn fence, and it actually, I do think it, it it was really trying to get across something oddly emotional, and it did not rely on anything that came before it other than the musical itself. That is pretty harsh on this movie. 
I think I think the I, harshest I, thing I, I, I can I, say I, is I have I I I I had active trouble trying to think about things to say about this movie. <laughs> And and that I think is the most damning thing, even beyond my cats. Uh, my ca- is this film a more competently made film than Cats? Yes. <laughs> will I? What film will I think about more for the rest of my life? Cats. I think that says more about you than maybe the films. To be honest with you, I think it, that, I think it says p- more about what I'm interested in and, and how yeah. I want I how I want innovation and and to, to be honest, straight up. Here we go back to your original point. I am more art than capitalism. Okay. Because this movie is kind of a paint by numbers story about some famous people. So it's, it's a biopic that even to Steven's point didn't have to be a biopic because the actual story is more interesting if you don't treat it that way. Catch is a clusterfuck. And I really liked it because it tried. I'm gonna I'm gonna table that one because I I, hmm, I I'm not sure how to respond to that. Because it's okay. I, 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 because, I, because I think your cats thing is like reaching for a bucket that's like way across the field. Yeah, that's what cats do. <laughs> cats reach really far and they can never quite hit the thing. Uh, but I want to read one little thing before we go, which is I found this article in Heritage.org, the uh, conservative newsletter, uh, which had a review Wait, what for Ford versus Ferrari, okay. and I was like, "Is this going to take place at the IMDb thing?" Because we forgot to do that. Oh no, that's no, okay. it's fine. I, and I was like, I was just so fascinated by the read of this film, and I was like, I was trying to figure out how this film gets interpreted this way. But I, but then when you think about what the film is doing, yeah, that's what this film is doing. Okay, what is it? Who who wrote this, by the way? Uh, this was written by. We should uh, let them give them credit. James J. Carfano, great, uh, who is the vice president of the Catherine Shelby Calm Davis Institute. Love it. Uh, a leading expert in national security and foreign policy cha- great. Uh, challenges. Phenomenal. What fascinates me most isn't who won, but how he won in the battle versus Ford versus uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Ford won by brute force. He carpet bombed his race team with cash, hired the best drivers and engineers, unleashed the creativity, ingenuity, and awe of American technology, and crushed his Italian counterpart. But good, the Ford team bested Ferrari again and again for years to come. The bottom line is, Ford made American race cars great again. And the way he did it is an object lesson in the wonders of free market capitalist system. An abundance of data shows that economic freedom delivers the best outcomes for human communities, better education, better healthcare, better environment, but is also an incredibly powerful vehicle for human expression, innovation, productivity, and prosperity. I was really spoken through. like a true McMansion fuck. I was really I don't know this person. <laughs> I have no history whatsoever, and I just said a real harsh thing. That's a that's a generously, r- r- exceedingly dumb take. <laughs> it's an amazing. Well, if you are a free market uh, a capitalist, the idea that 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 Ford's genius was money, cold hard cash, uh, over, almost like o- he inherited something from his father over, over Ferrari's uh, art- artistry. It's it's a real hot take. I was just, I was like I read it and I was like, whoa, this what a, is interesting. What a what a what a silly silly <laughs> nonsense person. <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting take. But I, I was like the the thing that got me thinking about that was the idea that the way this film will be received is sort of the way we treat the Oscars. Who throws the most money? Why did Shakespeare in Love w- win over over um, uh, Saving Private Ryan? Gwyneth Paltrow. 
most money thrown at the campaign. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, and uh, will Parasite be the Ferrari of this, uh, of this battle this year? Maybe. Okay, here we go. We've done all the Oscar movies now. Yep, we we've, did it. We've done it. We've done all of them. Best Picture nominees are... Uh, let me just pull these and up. And you can go back and listen to all these episodes, and you should, and then you should write us in at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com and tell us who you think's going to win. Little Women, 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story. Now, here's... There's what, only four correct answers. There, what, here's what you can do. <laughs> you can put money on the film you think is going to win, and then you can tell me the film you want to win. Right now? Yeah. Let's do that, because the next day, we're, we're going to be talking about the Oscars next time. Okay. Put money down. What do we want to put down? Five dollars? Five dollars. Oh, we're actually $5. betting? Yeah, let's do this. Five dollars. Jesus, someone got real serious after reading that fucking right-wing <laughs> yeah, nut mean, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five dollars. <laughs> let's put real, this down. Real capitalist Five bullshit card from the goddamn artist across from me. Um, Sure, fine. Fuck it. Yeah. But what if we're both wrong? Well, then we'll put the money towards our coffee. <laughs> Great. Uh, I think... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to win. Okay. Noting. I want Parasite to win. Okay. What about you? I think Parasite is going to win. I would be okay if Marriage Story won, but I don't think it is. That's a little bit different of an answer than I gave. So what film do you want to win? I kind of want Parasite to win as Don't well. Just drop the kind in. We can stop this. No. What film do you want to win? What I want Parasite your... to win. Okay. I want Parasite to win. I think Parasite's going to win. Okay, you can like other movies. Mm. I, I I like Marriage Story. Yeah. I think Marriage. I think Little Women would be great. Yeah, to me the three that I like I like around this circle are Little Women, Parasite, and uh, Marriage Story. Yeah, no, there's there's a few films in here I would be happy with. It's just the one I want to win and the one I think would. What be. would you be most disappointed? I know which I know the answer to this. What would you be most disappointed if one Joker? Of course. Uh, I would. It's fun. It, it, this is how. This is about how much of a of a of a <laughs> of a spiteful dickhead I am. Yeah. Uh, I think that Joker is a better film than Ford v. Ferrari. Better is the wrong word. A more interesting film than Ford v. Ferrari. But I don't think either of them do what they're supposed to be doing well. Hmm. I think I could live with that. Uh, what, what film? So Joker would be the one you'd be most disappointed about. Yeah. Yeah. Because... But and this is the interesting thing. Like, I, I could find more. Here, this is the weird thing. This is the dumbest thing to say. If, uh, from a from a from a purely number crunching in my own mind lab sort of thing, I can find more positives about Ford v Ferrari than I can Joker. I think Joker makes, even though those conversations are infuriating and oftentimes stupid, a much more interesting conversation piece than Ford v. Ferrari does. That's fair. I think that's fair. I think the conversation around Ford v. Ferrari is like, it's kind of a fixed conversation. You know what the conversation is? Mm. Oh, it's an Oscar nom, so we got to watch it. Well, that's our conversation. That's most people's conversation. Except for that gentleman or yeah. person. I don't know. I don't, whatever. <laughs> uh, write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com to tell us your conversations around the Best Picture nominees or Ford v. Ferrari. Maybe. You are uh, the person who loves this movie. And the thing is, I've heard a lot of reviews this week uh, of people who love this movie. Read a lot of reviews of I know, people who love I know. This movie. And I feel like we've been very harsh on it. And it's, it's from a very specific standpoint. And, of course, I want you to like this movie. I want people to like movies. Um, 
I, I, it's just it's we're it's an interesting time and an interesting place and an interesting uh, reasoning why we watched this film, and I think that's important to take into account. And please take that into account with our opinions of it. Yeah, but tear us down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tear, us, tear our opinions to shreds. Uh, this has been the only podcast about the film Ford v Ferrari. Uh, Shahir, when you are not. Uh, living your life at a quarter mile at a time. Where can folks find you? Uh, it, did the trailer for that came out today? It that was did. like a lot of. There was it's a lot not of... good. Like or... the other ones, I've been very excited for. Uh, there's a few good, cool shots, but like... I, I know a major spoiler because everyone was chatting about it and po- pitches were were flying through the Ethernet about it. Yep. At any rate, you can find me. Uh, uh, high five and Han. High. Oh, spoilers. F- I, everyone that. knows um, uh, at my website www.shahirdaud.com that's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com Matt when you are flying through the air at 7,000 RPMs and everything is fading away what is the only thing left where people can find you well or where is the only thing the left? only thing that's left is where me is the place that is left? in overalls with tap shoes dancing on a rail <laughs> at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-L.com for my life and works S-H-A-M-B-L-E <laughs> S H A N K I win the spelling bee. Um, or you can find me at Skelter, the number four P R E Z on Instagram or PSN or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Uh, next week, Shahir. What are we doing? Are we doing the Oscars? Uh, no, because that's not the Oscars aren't next week. Aren't they? No, the Super Bowl's next weekend. You can't have the Super Bowl and the Oscars at the same time. I, and it's not coming out yet, I need to do Sonic the Hedgehog. You need to do I Sonic. I need to do Sonic the Hedgehog. I'd be interested in us just playing Sonic the Hedgehog for an hour. I mean, we could do both. I would like that. We could do both. I like Sonic the Hedgehog a um, lot. Uh, what else is coming out? What else would we do? Um, do we have to do a movie? Could we do like? Uh... Well, we did. <laughs> we haven't done our top. Our top. Oh yeah, we got our top tens. Wait, no, are you sure the Oscars aren't? I don't know. They're I don't not. know. It's a Super Bowl. We're this about weekend. Bad Boys Two, baby. Bad Boys Two. We can do Bad, bad Boys. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. What you gonna do? It's Bad Boys for life. It's not Bad Boys Two. Oh yeah, oh, yeah it's Bad Boys <laughs> Three. <laughs> It's not even Bad Boys 3. It's Bad Boys for Life. I don't know. Uh, we could, uh, We also have a bunch of emails uh, about Uncut James. We're going to leave that for a little bit. Uh, write us in again, please, with all your thoughts, comments, feedback. Um, we're having. We're, we're going through a process of taking the podcast in different... Di- not in different directions, but we want to make... I guess, would you describe it as air, add an air of legitimacy to that? One of the things I think we've been talking about, and if you're interested in this, is uh, adding a Discord channel. For our podcast, so it's something we've been thinking about. Matt, are you you looking confused? Are you, no, 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 no. I was I was sort of I was thinking of when to jump in or add on. Yep, that's absolutely a thing we were thinking about doing. <laughs> um, also, uh, it, it, it's funny because we are uh, a SoundCloud hosted podcast, right? And there's multiple different problems with that. And and basically, what we're going to be trying to do. I mean, we've been doing this is like episode two fifty nine or eight or I don't know. It'll say it on the title fifty something. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's the 40s. Maybe I'm giving ourselves a little too much. No, we passed 250. Yeah, we, we passed the threshold. Um, so, so the the point of this is because of all of you and because of your your passion for for discussing film with us and interacting with us and and having consistently, you know, people a, a lot of people downloading our podcast, it, it means a lot, and we want to try to like make it. I don't know. Uh, we're Real. not changing anything, but like <laughs> we also are going to be probably switching service providers and getting a proper theme song and uh, you know starting a Discord and you know just all that stuff to try to make this a little bit more of a thing we could pump a little more time into. Sell merch. We could sell merch eventually. Oh, man. We could jump on the whole thing. We could do the Patreon kick. We could do all that jazz. So 
Oh, uh, it's all cats merch, isn't it? It's all cats related merch. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, would you want that, listeners? <laughs> so anyway, um, the the point being. Uh, I guess, weirdly enough, all of this stuff, like us sort of deciding this, you know, 250-something episodes later, mm-hmm. is literally because of all of you and the wonderful, wonderful feedback and reviews and emails and discussions we've had with all of you. So thank you very much for all of that. It keeps us doing this every week for the better part of three years now. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, 2015, so it's actually four Four years. years. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so thank you. Please, if you if you enjoyed this, uh, the best thing you could do, even outside of reviews and stars on iTunes, all that jazz, is tell a friend. I've I've actually heard people recently tell me that they've told friends, and that's meant a lot. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I got sappy at the end of this. I yeah. guess because I was just so emotionally drained from nothing in Ford v. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Next week you could have been kind. Next week we'll be back with something else. With some some movie. I hope this wasn't too much of a. Uh, I feel like this episode was a giant tangent. Yeah, it was. I, I feel like we should rename our podcast to being Side Notes. <laughs> no. Side Notes, the podcast. No, we're gonna name what was it. Sonic's uh, sidekick? Tails. Tails. Then there was Knuckles, the echidna, which is a which is What's a New Zealander, New Zealand animal. Where's an echidna from? What is an echidna? It's a, it's like a, a, a it's a mammal. Ooh. Yeah. It's got gloves Ding. and spikes on it. Ding. I lost all my coins. Ding. They're rings. You. Oh. Ghost be racer. Ghost be racer. Ghost be racer. Go.